following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, sometimes we hear stories about people who might be sick and have been taking medication and... Uh, but but there is one uh, idea, school of thought, if you will, that uh, would would say that you know you just need to believe harder, you need to pray more, and mm. uh, so what what do you think about you know, that approach? Of mm. course, we believe in prayer, but yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it's not that God can't choose to heal when He chooses. So, but I just think of the Apostle Paul who said he prayed three times that the thorn in his flesh would be removed. It wasn't removed. Um, and he said, to keep me from being conceited, mm. God gave me this thorn in the flesh. Right. So you, you don't see that the Bible teaches, you name it, you claim it, you get it. Uh, in fact, let me share a quick story. Um, years ago, I was working on some material, and I was getting calls about this very issue that you brought up. Um, Wesley Parker uh, was an, this is a true story, was an active 11-year-old boy who had to take regular insulin shots for diabetes. And one day at church, they were at New Church, and they heard a teaching, uh, oh, it's called the Word of Faith message, uh, to confess and claim their son's healing. So Larry and Alice Parker intentionally withheld their son's insulin. And as a result, uh, Wesley went into a diabetic coma in spite of of warnings to the parents. uh, They believed the prosperity gospel teaching do not make a negative confession. For example, you do not say so-and-so is sick. My son is sick. Uh, You make a positive confession. My son is healed. Uh, that's the teaching. Well, after three days without insulin, Wesley died. And because of the, quote, revelation knowledge, unquote, that uh, they believed in, um, they'd been told that uh, that they that he would be healed, uh, he would be resurrected. So they held a resurrection service instead of a funeral service. In the end, young little Wesley, <clears throat> he was not resurrected. And uh, Larry and Alice Parker were arrested and jailed, uh, then charged and tried and convicted of manslaughter and child abuse. Though they had believed they were right, their thinking, we could say, was dead wrong. This passage from the Bible tragically fits far too many people who have let prosperity theology become central to their thinking. In Proverbs fourteen twelve, it says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And very candidly, <clears throat> the Bible is actually clear in a book of Ecclesiastes written by Solomon, whom the Lord said would be the most, well, the wisest man who would ever live. He wrote this. This is um, Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the sun, a time to be born, and a time to die. 
So we look at that, and this is God's design, that there will be a time when we will all die. Now, we don't know the day, the day and the time. He does. The Bible even says, this is in Psalm 139, um, that all our days were written in his book before one of them came to be. Again, um, that's Psalm 139, uh, verse 16. All the days ordained for us, all days before we were born, and, and that means he knows the final day of our lives here on earth. I can't explain the why of a death of someone. I just know the God of the Bible is clear about there will be a time of death. And therefore, since we don't know that, this is where... He is the author of birth and the author of the time of our our our, our death. And and we need to value that and, and therefore live in such a way that we literally uh, for all the days we live, may they be the way God wants them to be. May we uh, reflect who he is and entrust our lives to him. I think I, I, that's probably one of the most frequently um, given scriptures by me to others because people come to me about issues of death. And so you may want to write this in down on the, uh, something, but put it for sure in the back of your Bible just like as a little concordance. This is, again, Psalm 139, um, in particular, verse 16. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, and that's God's book, before one of them came to be. There is a time to be born and a time to die. And we entrust that timing into his hands. Obviously, uh, the Lord wants us to live in such a way that we reflect who he is. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free, and he calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer, and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. If you have any questions about tonight's topics, uh, really any number of topics, we have over 100 Keys for Living that will help you address whatever's happening in your life. Uh, Just call our customer support team. They're at 800-488-HOPE. And that's anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you and point you to the right resources and just talk to them about what's happening and what kind of guidance you would like to get, what what kind of things you're struggling with. And they'll be able to recommend some resources that will be helpful to you or maybe as you help someone else with that and want to pass along some resources for them, they'll, uh, they'll be uh, happy to... Uh, recommend some of those. We have at Keys for Living, as June was speaking about, the prosperity gospel. It's called False Teachers, False Hope. And uh, that's available by calling customer support along with so many other titles. The uh, phone number, again, is 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Also go to the website, hopefortheheart.org slash store, and find all the resources there. Uh, see what uh, you would like to take a look at. Well, let's get to our caller for tonight, and we have a caller listening in uh, Florida. Uh, listens online. This evening, we welcome Joseph. We welcome Joseph. So glad you're calling. How can we help you? Hey, I'm so happy to be on here with y'all tonight. <clears throat> Thank um, you. June, uh, you and I met years ago uh, at an Exodus conference. Uh, oh, my goodness. 2000. 2006. Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while, but I, I'm kind of, I guess it's interesting because the same issue has come up in my life. At the time, you were interested in stories surrounding the issue of spiritual abuse. Um, I think you were writing and doing research and that kind of thing. And so mm. somehow somebody connected me to you. Um, in order to share what I had just been through at the time. <clears throat> oh, please refresh me. Uh, I'm I'm delighted to hear this, because yes, I yeah. I remember. Um, I, I didn't know exactly when I started writing on that. I had a different uh, topic that that anyway. I, I remember getting many 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 stories about uh, spiritual abuse. So I would love to hear what you shared with me then. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So 
that summer, um, so the previous year, I had really been open to uh, the gifts of the Spirit. And um, it, it started with some pretty, like, miraculous things that were going on around me, and then um, feeling the Holy Spirit start revealing things to me, um, words of knowledge and things like that with the people around me. And um, and oftentimes I would have, like, a sense of the Holy Spirit with me. You know, mm-hmm. people call it whatever they want, and kind of the, the tingles, you know, it's like a it feels really amazing when he gives that um, out. It's like a, a gift of his grace um, in revealing his presence, that he's he's there with you. And so <clears throat> that so you're, year... So you're really talking about, um, like in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, there are a list of spiritual gifts that we are given once we become authentic Christians. There. And and it's the Spirit of God who chooses what we have. Uh, at least that's what the way I explain that. But uh, there's a list in First uh, Corinthians 12, and uh, so um, that that is what you're talking about, isn't it? Yes, yes, that's okay. correct. And I'm glad that you you understand that. And I grew up Methodist, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so you know those parts of passages we would just kind of blah, 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 like just read over um, and move on to things that we understood a little bit better or weren't as as out there. So this, to me, was all new when it was happening, and there was this, um, I guess you could call him a guide, who um, I became friends with, who um, God was using him in some prophetic ways and words of knowledge and these kinds of things, and, and there was accuracy to it, right? And um, and oftentimes preceding, you know, him doing something or saying something, to me, I would feel the Holy Spirit. I would get that sense from the Holy Spirit, and so it was a confirmation <laughs> of what was going on with, like, probably from God, you know, those kinds of things. <clears throat> um, but this person became manipulative, and it started... Um, like, relationally, I, I had a girlfriend, and I had broken up, and then he had this weird, this, like, online website where it was, like, this other girl was, like, mad at, you know, or excited that I had broken up with this girl and was, you know, um, angry at this girl or whatever, and so then, you know, this ex-girlfriend of mine who I was still friends with found it, and she was upset, and then... Mm-hmm come back around, found out that it was this guy. Ah. Um, so that was the first part of his relational where I was like, okay, this guy is messed up. Like, even though he has prophetic things going on, he's also really manipulative uh, relationally. Mm-hmm. So then about six months after that, and I didn't really relate to him very much. Like, we lived in the same house, but he was, um, like, I wasn't, entrusting myself to this individual. Um, Now, that summer, I had um, taken a photo that he wanted from my my phone, Um, and so I was going to give it to him. And so one day, he calls me, and he's like, hey, let me see that photo. So we pull up my, my, the photo, the images on my phone, 
and you know how you like you pull up on your computer and it, there'll be like a bunch of thumbnails that'll be like this is a jpg but it doesn't show you the image well one mm. image out of all of them came up and so it was um we were like oh what's going on with that one so we open it it's an image and it has it's me the last night i'm in i was supposed to go on a missions trip to israel but my passport didn't show up Mm. You know, my money didn't come in, and so I, I ended up in New York City having to fly back to Florida because it didn't show up. So in this wow. photo, there's an angel in the background of this photo. <laughs> and I'm, like, amazed, you know, and just super blown away that this has happened. And, you know, fast forward through the rest of the night, um, a couple of our odd, supposedly odd things um, had happened, and I had started talking with this individual, uh, Bill, uh, this abusive mm-hmm. guy who was abusing me about all these deep things that I hadn't shared with him for a long time, um, hadn't talked to him relationally because I had set those boundaries. Um, and then by the end of the night, the angel had faded off the photo. And I was like, bummer, like, I want to remember what happened. This was super cool that God was showing me he cared and that even though I couldn't go to Israel and I ended up back here, that he loves me and he's watching out for me. So the next day I was at work and I Google and I was like trying to find a photo that would remind me of it, that I could print up and keep and think about, you know, how special that was. Mm-hmm. And so I put an angel girl and literally the image was the second image that came up. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So what this individual had done is he took <clears throat> my camera while I, I wasn't home and he planted this uh. image. He cropped it really well because he was a photographer. Oh, So he was able to lace it into the photo so well, and then he put it in my room and said, hey, um, I want to get that that photo off your your camera. Would you bring that to me? So he had laid the groundwork so that he could insert himself back into my life and start speaking these things. And the cool thing is, I told you about the Holy Spirit, and sometimes I would feel the nearest of them. Well, when all this was happening, I did not have that sense of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so that was kind of my first sign that, hey, something is off um, from Mm -hmm. any of the moments where oftentimes, you know, something like this would happen. Um, And there was one other thing I was going to say. But the the most important thing that happened was really hard for me was after that event, um, the Holy Spirit um, did not work as... You know, I didn't get as many tingles. I didn't get as much of that sensory relationship with the Holy Spirit for a while, and it's super difficult because I was in this situation, and that summer we had talked, and I was still living there, and you were like, you need to get out of that situation. This is not a healthy environment. But I felt like the manipulation. The issue is manipulation, and especially if somebody is trying to make it as though it's from God, and yet they're doing it, and they know they're doing it. So that's the manipulative part of that. I, I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. So what did you do? So, well, I, I ended up staying in this situation for six months. I, I didn't heed your, your advice. I felt such a, like, a guilt or a sense of, like, I couldn't leave. When I think about it, it would be like... I'm, like, in a room, in a small room, and all the, like, the clock, the, um, 
armoire and the dresser and the shelves are all like leaning up against me. It's like this heavy weight. Mm. But if I wow. if I walk out of that room, everything's going to collapse, and like I'm to blame or something. But it was this deep, deep sadness in my attempts at getting clarity from the Lord. Um, it just wasn't there, and so I ended up staying in this situation that the the guy. Um, you know, practice character assassination with the church. He was, there was like 45 people at the church, and he was, you know, one of the five guys around the pastor. They wouldn't call themselves elders, but essentially that's what they were. Um, and he went to breakfast the following morning after I confronted him about this image where, you know, he was denying it, and then um, eventually came out and was like, oh, it was a joke. And like, as if we could have mm. talked about all the spiritual things that mm. we did. So we went to the, the meeting with the pastor and the other guys the next morning. It was like, oh, like, you know, Joseph is saying, like, you know, trying to um, bash me for doing this, but I was going to put Mickey Mouse in the photos. So he, like, poisoned the well so that when I shared at church, it was like, well, you just put Bill on a pedestal. So this is actually mm. your fault, Joseph. You really shouldn't have done that. Um, <clears throat> so then I'm in this church. I'm just in this holding pattern for six months until finally I got free um, and left that left that space. Um, Good for you. Good for you. Yes. And I understand it can feel very, uh, it can seem impossible. Oh, I can't. Uh, and by the way, it's usually guilt. A manipulation is the number one guilt game. It's not a fun game. It's a cruel game. But it is not of God. And yet, um, he was obviously trying to, um, I'm going to say, win you back. You're, he wanted you to lean on him and have confidence in him, um, which is not what the Lord, he wants us to do things with a pure heart and we don't manipulate we don't ever need to manipulate if we're going to be godly so um, uh, it, it is hard when there are relationships that have uh, had some significance and uh, many people feel trapped so it's but you know the Bible says um, and, and this is important Galatians 1.10 Am I now trying to win the approval of people or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be the servant of Christ. So at times we can let other people be more important than God intended in the first place. We have an exciting opportunity to share with you to help bring light into one of the darkest areas of the country, into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. Rikers Island is home to 10,000 inmates and is known as one of the harshest prisons in the country. The prison chaplain told us that he was holding back tears because the inmates were so hungry and grateful to receive books filled with hope and truth. It was a direct answer to years of prayer, and the transformation was so great that they got a baptistry so that the inmates could be baptized. 
It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central, and they'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. Our caller mentioned the topic of spiritual abuse. We do have keys for living on that, called Religion at Its Worst. And also, we're uh, talking about manipulation. The keys for living there called Cutting the Strings That Control. Those and so many other resources are available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Maybe there's something going on in your life, and you'd like to talk with June about that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night. We'd welcome your call at 800-NIGHT-17, 800-NIGHT-17. When you call, just leave a detailed message for us, and we'll get back to you to talk to you about that, see what questions you have, and uh, what direction you'd like uh, for us to uh, talk to you about and get you on the program with June on a Hope in the Night program. So the number again, 800-917-800-644-4817. Now let's get back to our conversation with Joseph. Well, Joseph, it sounds as though um, there was some freedom that you experienced uh, by virtue of uh, after, I think you indicated, like six months, then there was a parting of ways. So is he in any way a part of your life still, or is um, uh, is there no contact that you have? I haven't had, well, <laughs> I saw him at a Chick-fil-A one time. Uh, he was in mm-hmm. line, and I, it was amazing because I had worked really hard to forgive this individual and, you know, kind of wonder what would happen if we ended up at the same place. And I, you know, yeah. when I saw him, I just, I just really felt, bad for this individual, you know, and mm. it wasn't, it, it, there wasn't like narcissism in it, whatever, for me, like thinking of myself better than him, I just felt really like sad for him, and mm. that was encouraging for me because it wasn't yes. like I was like angry and, you know, whatever, like ready to go off at this person, I, I, I didn't feel like, 
I had to protect myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool to have that experience as like a confirmation, at least at the time, you know, that um, God had really done a work in me and my heart to forgive him, to let him go, to be in his mm-hmm. own space, you know, in his own life. And, you know, hopefully God bless him, you know, that he gets the help that he needs and, 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 you know, it doesn't continue that way. Mm-hmm. But for me, I left that situation. I had, so I was a student in college at that time, um, down here in, in Palm Beach at a Christian school. And then I had uh, been accepted to uh, a seminary in Los Angeles. And so I went out there. Um, so that definitely separated us. And, um, you know, I still had trouble with you know, hearing the Lord's voices clearly and having those moments with the Holy Spirit. and um, um, But there's, there's something going on now with, with this, which is why at this point in my life I'm seeking help or seeking advice. And that a um, couple of weeks ago, God really firmly put his finger on um, this person in, in my life and in my mind. I had two people in a row stay at, um, I rent out a couple of rooms in my home, and one, the first one, uh, she was working for the same company that he did, so that was the first mm. thing that mm-hmm. came to mind was, oh, you know, she's working for this place, which is where I met the individual. I was working there, too, and then a second guy comes in and tells me about this, uh, like, semi-church group um, that he's a part of and some other folks are a part of and uh and he's a leader there and this guy mentioned his his name wow it's like oh my goodness and uh-huh. and then so i'm sitting with the lord i'm like okay if you're really like putting your finger on this there's going to be a third thing well i took mm-hmm. a plane flight up to asbury uh during um yeah. everything that was going on there and um uh, and when i landed at the airport there, there's a lady. I grew up in, in Cincinnati, and so I landed in Cincinnati Airport, and then I was driving. Um, there was a lady that I passed, and we both looked at each other, and it was like, you look so familiar. Well, it turns mm-hmm. out this lady worked at the Kroger by me when I grew up 20 years <laughs> ago, and oh somehow goodness. we still noticed each other, mm-hmm. and... <laughs> So I was like, okay, God, what are you doing? I was like, how can I pray for you? You know, I'm trying to, like, fish for, like, uh-huh. why is God allowing me to remember yes. this person from 20 years ago? Wow. He's like, well, I'm actually here, you know, to pick up my husband, who was on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic, and so I go mm-hmm. and meet him, and the pastor is there, and this guy is there who does worship, and he and I, you know, we were connecting, and he says, um, oh, yeah, I used to be at, and he says this, um, this church with a lot of um, youth and, you know, kind mm-hmm. of arts and culture sort of church in, right. um, uh, I think, Arkansas or Alabama, and I was like, why do I know that? And I was like, oh, because Bill, this abuser, mm-hmm. was the photographer for... Um, for that specific place. He would fly oh. out to go do those photos and then come back. 
Hmm. And I'm like, okay, Lord, like you're definitely putting your finger on this person. There's no way this person will remember me 20, 20 years later, this lady who worked for Kroger, right? Yes. And right. we would put that together, and then I would, you know, so it was totally like this last one, and I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're putting your finger on this, but um, I feel like there's some sort of healing or, or something. I'm kind of like trying to tease that out, what that might be. Um, you know, there's the forgiveness piece. I don't know if there's fear or something else that, that could be in there, but I'm just, I guess I'm just searching at this, this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then your question for me is? <laughs> Give me the answer, June. That's what I, that's my, <laughs> my question. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on. I've been sick for about mm-hmm. 10 years and um, it's a, it's an illness called environmental illness. Um, mm. where my body responds with pain, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, all that stuff. Um, it's some to chemicals, but it's largely electronic stuff, so Wi-Fi, power lines, speakers, sound systems. I can't be in, in church in, like, a regular service because of it. Um, mm. It's really controlled my life for about 10 years. And what I found after trying to treat it with, you know, treat it as if it was Lyme disease and all these other ideas out there, what I found people get well by addressing is that the nervous system has, has kind of been jacked up to a, like a 9 out of 10. Mm. And so it only takes like a little something in the environment that isn't good for you, but also isn't life-threatening to put you over the threshold. So now you're at a mm-hmm. 10 out of 10, and your body responds as if you're in a life-threatening situation. So it's not really the electronics. It's not really the chemical. It's that your body's already at a 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so I think that there's something that God is doing in part of my healing um, and trusting something to him. And I don't really know how to, to formulate a question. I'm just wondering, maybe you can tell me, you know, when I talk about this individual, when I talk about spiritual abuse, what are some things, what are some um, tactics or, you know, things that when you sit down with somebody who's facing these things, that they might have to process or go through in order to become healthy, because that might mm-hmm. trigger something in me to go, oh, well, maybe maybe God's working on this aspect of it. Well, as you know, it, it is God who has said, I know the plans I have for you. And that doesn't mean you know the plan. In fact, you won't know the plan, but you continue to yield your will and it's a, a state of, Lord, whatever you ha- have for me to do, if whatever you want for me to be, the, the being comes first, um, where I, w- I want to be yielded to you so that whatever then you call me to do, I will do. Um, and what, and, and it is right for you to feel uh, uncomfortable and um, it, and that's too tame a word. When you found you were being spiritually manipulated, as though God had done this thing with this picture um, and putting this, uh, I think you said angel in in the picture. Uh, it, you know that's manipulative. If God wants to to provide a miracle he is fully capable of doing whatever that is 
above, beyond the, the natural because it's supernatural. And uh, it is wrong to be, it's, it's wrong to be manipulative. And, and you said that he became manipulative of me. So, the, the, and you, you mentioned once, I think, the word forgiveness. Do you believe <clears throat> that you have literally forgiven him for what he has done? Because the Bible does say, uh, this is Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So the question is, do you, do you believe that you have forgiven or, or do you feel that there is some help you need to be able to fully forgive? have fully forgiven. I think, you know, when I think about kind of the Lord bringing him up in that way, forgiveness is kind of the first thing that pops into my mind of, okay, mm -hmm. maybe God is working through through this with me. That is the only, only reason why I would think maybe there's forgiveness to be done. Um, but I, I really do think that I've forgiven him. I've passed him along to God. Um, mm -hmm. I think I'm a little bit bummed out because um, some of the, the folks around him, I connected with them at an outside event. Um, uh, it was a ministry opportunity here in town. And, and then when I realized that they were involved with the group, I was bummed out that I couldn't be a part of the group. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, you know, it was like another thing that I just, I needed to forgive and, like, move on from these potential friends. You know, it's just a, it was a complicated situation. Um, right. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I think that there's, like, ongoing forgiveness and things like that, but the only reason I would think maybe there would need to be forgiveness is... Is, uh, is the fact that God has put his finger on him. So I'm, mm -hmm. I, just don't, I just don't know that that's it, though, because I do think that I, I have forgiven him. Okay. Um, there is one thing that I'll mention, and that is, it, and it's such a key element. The Bible in, in Matthew 5.44 says, Pray for those who persecute you. I find that that is the antidote to keep us from returning to bitterness or uh, to, to have that state of mind. So every time you think of him, if you could say, Lord, I pray Bill will just have a changed life. I pray that Bill will have a changed life because that's the most important. And it's a changed life through Christ to have a purity of commitment to Christ. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free, and He calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. 
Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer, and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions or concerns about the topic of spiritual abuse, we'd like you to get in touch with our customer support team. They're at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you with that resource or any other that might be helpful for you. The spiritual abuse keys for living called religion at its worst. And again, customer support is at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. You can also email them if you'd like to and uh, just ask your questions there or order directly from customer support uh, through the email. Let them know what resources you'd like. And their email address is customer support at hopefortheheart.org. That's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. And they'll be happy to hear from you. Let's return now to our conversation with Joseph. Well, my friend, I I love your heart. I, I love how you, I believe you have a pure heart that you are wanting to do only what God wants you to do. And you you have been able to detect manipulation, which can be um, very disconcerting. And um, so I, I know one of the things you started talking about was uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit. Is there anything that was difficult there with you that is a problem that you're having with what somebody has said or what somebody is telling you, and um, is, is there any challenge with that? Uh, not not in, in my life right now. It, uh, the, the whole health thing, it's funny that you had touched on that when we first started, you know, because I do have people who are, you know, genuinely trying to trust 
certain parts of the Bible where it sounds like you just need to have enough faith and you're healed and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mm-hmm. bother me so much, really, at this mm-hmm. point in my life. You know, I've been, I've had health challenges for long enough, and I've, I promise you, like, I've had so much faith for healing, um, mm. and then I go in a situation with that faith, and it gets worse, you know, because I've uh, attempted to do something that God has not given me the grace to do yet with my health. Um, but mm-hmm. one thing that comes to mind, I was sitting here with my buddy, who is is kind enough to be hanging out with me this late on the East Coast, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I was like, there's this whole other part of this situation where it was like, where, you know, God became silent, and I don't know if this is part of, you know, what what God is doing with me right now and bringing this individual up is, I I have had such a hard time, and maybe, you know, you mentioned bitterness a little bit. I think there's, I struggle with that bitterness with God, where... Yeah, like, it's one thing for this guy to do this crazy stuff and, you know, him, you know, to to depart from a healthy relationship with the gifts that God has given him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another thing when the Holy Spirit is kind of, um, it, it, like, the whole, it was like my senses, my, like, feeling, like, it was, I was in so much depression, and it was like... It, even if it was a bright, sunny Florida day, it was like it was just like pouring rain down. It was just like the way that I felt, and then to ask the Holy Spirit for help during that and not perceive it, not be able to receive it. Even when you June, uh, you gave me the good advice for me not to have that sense of the Holy Spirit. I'm sitting here with my buddy. There's a part of me that, like, I can forgive the guy and whatever, and then I almost feel like I need to forgive God, and I'm like, that's 100% unbiblical, right? But the sense that I have of, like, like God did me wrong, you know? That was, that's maybe some of what God's doing. I'm not sure, but I do still struggle with trusting Him. I do still struggle with am I actually hearing from the Holy Spirit now, or is this, you know, like I have, he took so much of my innocence with the Holy Spirit and with those gifts, Um, and so I I do struggle with hearing and and being confident that I'm uh, hearing the Holy Spirit, Um, and so I guess I've said a couple things there, but, you know, number (laughs) one, dealing with my bitterness with God for, you know, not meeting me in that situation or even growing more quiet during that situation when I really, really needed him. Um, and then, um, just like, uh, the, the innocence with the, the gifts and, and trusting that I'm hearing from God or hearing from the Holy Spirit when I am. Were you being told that you should have, um, that you should have a particular gift, because many times that's some of what is, does take place. Somebody is saying, "Well, you you should have this gift," and they they say everyone who is a Christian should have this spiritual gift. Think things of that nature. Was that ever a part of that? Uh, not really. Yeah, and I was okay. warned about that by 
that was the one thing when I entered the charismatic stuff that my mom was like, be careful. People will tell you you have to speak in tongues in order to be a Christian, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so I never had experienced that, actually, um, in, in charismatic mm-hmm. circles. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there will be some who would say, you're not a Christian. I was told that, you know, you're not a Christian unless you're, you have... Ex, you know that unless you do this, the, the certain uh, ones of of these uh, gifts uh, that are mentioned, yeah. and uh, the reason I I ask that is because the Bible is very interestingly um, clear about this. It tells that there are different kinds of gifts, um, and it says now to each one uh, the man of each person, meaning the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given the gift of wisdom, and it's through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. To another, another person, the message of knowledge, uh, by means of the same Spirit. To another, meaning person, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. And by that, by that one spirit, meaning another person would have the gift of, of healing. And, of course, you, yeah. you've mentioned healing. Okay, To another, uh, the miraculous uh, powers. To another, prophecy. To another, uh, dis- distinguishing between spirits. Um, and uh, to another, the ability to speak in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Notice, it's not that everybody has, is supposed to have multiple gifts. It doesn't say that. It's just he is saying it is the, the Spirit of God who chooses which one you will have. Not that you couldn't have two or something like that. I'm not saying that. Um, but um, and, and I think it's especially important to realize you know, at, at at the end of First Corinthians twelve, that 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 I was reading from First Corinthians twelve, but the very end, it says, uh, it's talking about the the gifts, and it says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are do all work miracles, and and these are rhetorical questions where the answer is no. Uh, do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And then the at the very, the last verse is eagerly desire the greater gifts. And I'll show you the more excellent way. And then it goes into uh, the what what is called the love chapter. But the point is, it's very clear that. Um, some can well. I know many people do present that if you don't have healing, you're not spiritual. You don't, you know, or or, or someone around you is not. And um, yet we look at multiple people that are in the Bible mentioned who had illnesses, and they were not, but they were godly, and they were not healed. And I'm, the reason I'm saying that is, you know, we we know that, yes, God has specifically healed 
at different times, but he doesn't heal everyone. And now he could heal a, a group of people at one time, but what I'm saying is, on the authority of the Word of God, everyone is not healed. Um, and I, I think it's imperative that we know that uh, the Bible says, and this is important, that we all will be persecuted, we who are Christians. Um, in fact, it's very clear um, uh, Jesus said, if they hate me, they'll hate you. If they persecute me, they'll persecute you. So it's like we, at times, uh, th there are some people who will make Christianity appear that life is a bowl of cherries. And some people say, well, then what am I doing in the pits, you know? <laughs> but, 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 but the thing is, the Bible does not present that. Every one of the disciples, that's, that even though they, uh, they denied, you know, some felt that they fell away, uh, but all lived and, and ended up dying like a martyr's death. And so we need to say, in fact, th this is what I think is important. And, and I love your honesty and, and saying, I just felt disappointed. Why Why did I have to have this continual uh, malady that, that you have suffered with? Well, I, I don't know. I, in other words, God knows how he plans to use you in that situation. What is apparent, and I, I think 1 John is a key here. First John 5 says, if we ask anything according to his will, now that's your key word, your key words right there. If you ask anything uh, yeah. according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have what we have asked of him, but it's got to be according to his will. And then, you know, and this is exactly what Jesus prayed. When he knew he was facing the cross, he knew the agony upon agony upon agony that he would experience. And he even prayed to the Heavenly Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So, in truth, this is our lives now. What you're going to inherit and what all authentic Christians will inherit is splendor beyond what we can imagine. But right now, you will be able, my friend, to identify with people who have a physical struggle, unlike a lot of people who don't have that. You, ha you will have empathy when others could only have sympathy, oh bless your heart. You can have empathy, you can have compassion, which says, I not only hurt and feel your hurt, but I'll be there for you. So I think 
that you have an opportunity for a ministry in the midst of We will send our keys for living on spiritual abuse called religion at its worst. We'll send that out to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash givehope, and we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.